okay, if I get in the car and drive in the middle of the road, it won't be me killing myself. It'll be someone else doing it. I got up to walk out of my daughter's room and walk to get my keys. And she said, mommy, don't leave me. At that moment, sorry, (laughs) I, I took it as she's saying, I'm here. I'm in this world and you need to stay with me. So please don't leave me. You're very welcome to this Straight Talking Mental Health podcast where, much like it says on the tin, we straight talk mental health. This week we're straight talking race in America, or more specifically, what it's like to be black in America, with Ashley Francis Howell, host of the Hands Up Don't Shoot podcast, where, as she describes it, a podcast about police brutality in black America. Joined with me today is psychotherapist Alan Clark, and I am Cameron Clark, his firstborn male heir. I like that, man. I like that description. Firstborn male heir. It's like just there's something to inherit there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> there's you're not, stick, you're sticking with that one. Like. <laughs> <laughs> inherit your back problems later in life. Yeah. <laughs> As you said, that's from my emotional baggage. I tried not to pass on any of that to you. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing, man? All right. Do you know what I've? Do you know what I've been thinking over the last few weeks? Uh, because I always describe the podcast as you know, it does exactly what it says on the tin. Mm. For our listeners outside of the UK and Ireland, well, what that is in reference to? Do you even know what that's in reference to? No, no. <laughs> Years ago, I know, I know, I know what the saying is, but yeah, but do you know what, where the saying's from? No. Yeah, so years ago there was an ad campaign by Ron Seal who do like wood varnish and stuff like that. And it was something like Ron Seal, five year weather protect. Does exactly what it says on the tin, because that's what it says on the tin. So this <laughs> this expression of does exactly what it says on the tin is in reference to it does exactly what it says on the tin. So straight talking mental oh. health. We straight talk mental health that does exactly what it says yeah. on the tin. Well, I, so I, I, I think our title best is to clarify that for, for everyone for everyone else around the world who may not be familiar with Ronseal. Ronseal, we are open to sponsorship and we, we will plug all of your weather products. Oh, for, for once we're not making enemies. <laughs> yeah. Imagine imagine that became a sponsor. Like, who the fuck is sponsoring this mental health podcast? Ronseal. <laughs> Well, it's it's somebody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Roncia, this is free promotion you're getting here. Yeah, we're plugging all these people and we're not getting anything over. We yeah, that's because be... we we shit talk them after. Yeah, we do. Yeah, when when the when their products don't come true for, for how we like them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's been going on with you, dude? I'm just sitting back, enjoying the noise of the rain smashing against my window. Yeah. Because even though it's the middle of August, it's pouring rain here. Yeah, thunderstorms given for today. Loads of rain. It's uh, it's summer in Ireland. Yeah, just like home. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's so infuriating. Isn't it? it was like what two weeks ago? Thirty degrees, thirty-one degrees. I put the heating on the other day just for an hour. Okay. And then it was Shit. like, then the sun came out. I was like, oh, I need to fucking open the back door now because it's too warm. <laughs> you could be, the house already heated up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's just, you, you cannot plan anything in Ireland. No, you it's really can't. It's so frustrating. No, we'll have a barbecue. We'll we'll do something outside. Will we, though? Will we really? 
<laughs> even in the middle of a heat wave you can't be too certain that it's not going to rain yeah oh totally like it's uh it's just an infuriating experience as as we say sure it'd be a grand little country if you put a roof on it <laughs> Did you ever hear that one i haven't heard that one yeah. but it makes sense yeah i used to work with an owl and that was his favorite one of his favorite expressions when he wasn't listening to kfm <laughs> uh, with myself and nikki so myself and nikki used to work together my brother um and we used to work with ollie 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 was great he used to fix watches so we went from fixing watches to quotation marks fixing people um <laughs> and uh so you get into the office and ollie would have kfm on and kfm is a local station which really its demographic is like your 50s plus like you know, it's out Brady, and Brady's after emailing in there now to wish Margaret a wonderful 75th birthday. Oh, Margaret, well, the top, you get all of this kind of stuff, and you're like, oh, my God, kill me, just kill me now. Like, I can't listen to this shit. <laughs> so one of Ollie's favorite things to talk about was, ah, sure, be a grand little country if you could put a roof on it. It would be, in fairness. It would be. It is a grand little country, like, you know. Yeah, it is aside it. from the unpredictable weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you've been all right. You're just enjoying the rain. Yeah, it's it's great, really. Yeah, I'm I'm cautiously kind of intero interoception is when we kind of turn inwards and kind of check in on ourselves. And I've been cautiously interocepting here as we speak, as I've had a toothache for the last week. And it's like, I wonder has my brain just not woken up properly? <laughs> you're, not feeling, gone, you're not oh, feeling it. Yeah, I forgot about that. I was fucking <laughs> hit him with that pain there now. So yeah, you're not feeling it just yet. No, it's not. It's not there yet. And I'm like, oh, please be gone, please be gone, please be gone. Oh man, it's so shit. Yeah, especially when I can't get an appointment until uh, Friday week. So I have another. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I rang yesterday to say, well, I'm actually available Monday, Monday morning, if you had anything. But I haven't heard anything back. <laughs> so, oh no. Yeah, toothache and gout as well. So gout. Yeah. You drinking a lot of ale. Ale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pie a bit. Oh, and a nice pie. Oh, an opera. Oh, oh, me gout. Oh, me gout was just flared up. Fucking God, something you, terrible. Must been you've been eating like a king. No, see, that's what the, that's what they talk about. Gout for anyone that doesn't know. And I was like, Jesus Christ, of all things to have, like. And that's just such a shit name. So it's, it's made, almost non-existent anymore. Yeah, but well, it's fucking it's hereditary apparently. So oh, uh, f- oh thanks, great. I know, yeah. Um, so it's a form of arthritis. So apparently, your kidneys can't break down something, and these crystals form usually around joints, um, and traditionally, kind of around your big toe. So it all kind of gets flushed out, and then it just forms around a particular joint. And it feels, it feels like uh, my toe is broken. Like um, Last year, during the first lockdown, it was so bad. It was the worst I've ever had it um, that I couldn't wear shoes. My, my foot wouldn't fit into the shoe. And it was that bad. My foot wouldn't even fit into a flip-flop. I had to go into work wearing flip-flops and apologize to clients. Go, look, I'm really sorry, but um, this, is, this is what's happened. And I'd have to take my foot out <laughs> and rest it on top. Rang the doctor, went down to the chemist and they gave me the prescription. So this was during lockdown. So I rang the, rang the doctor. It was a, I think it was a 90 second conversation. It was on the phone. I think it was 40 or 50 euros. And then the prescription then as well. And it went down to the chemist and the chemist has gone like, geez, he's throwing everything at you here now, isn't he? I was like, yep. So steroids and everything. But, so I've had gout, toothache. 
I was fucking falling apart, man. <laughs> Is this really what we've come to in this podcast? We're talking about fucking gout. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a little bit of correspondence this week. Uh, we have spoken about Andrew in the past. Nice to hear from Andrew. Do you know, do you know what I actually really like about the podcast? When we when we get uh, people that constantly comment or stuff like that, and then you hear from them again, it's like, ah, nice, nice to hear from you kind of thing. We always have Paul on Twitter and we've uh, Mel who always likes all the stuff on, on Twitter. You can give a retweet, Mel. That'll help as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> rather than just liking it. I appreciate the likes, but a little retweet helps a little bit more. Um, Andrew got in touch again. Andrew is our psychiatric nurse for people, for our listeners that will follow all of them. Still listen regularly, which is good to hear. Thanks very much, Andrew. Your podcast continues to inform and entertain. Sharing your own lives and your knowledge is greatly appreciated. Thanks very much, Andrew. We, we appreciate that. As we always nice we always appreciate now. everyone's everyone's comments, everyone's everyone's feedback. And um, Amy stuck us up on her story on Instagram, and that's. You know, you, you hear us every week, you hear me every week, sort of begging for the give a share, give a retweet. And the reason we say that is because Amy stuck us up on her on her story. I can directly see we get new followers hmm. as a result. That's and Instagram is a, hard, is a hard place to promote oh, podcasts yeah. as well. It's not podcast friendly. No, because so you, like, you can't up on your story. Yeah, no. you, can't, you can't like and share. You so can't even put up a link. Yeah, exactly. On, yeah, without that's without the one, one in your bio. Yeah, you can't post a link in in your in your post um yeah. so amy gave us threw us up on her story with a with a heart around the straight talking and a link to the spotify and she said uh, i appreciate this podcast having a shy time and this has helped me through it wanted to say thanks god bless so thanks very much amy and dean did the same thing dean threw us up on on, on his story and you know these are they do make a huge difference people you know when when you when you give a share um dean has dean has Give us shout-outs in the past. Grab a coffee, head out on a walk, pop these guys in your ears. Laugh along, be curious, protect your mental health. Thanks very much, Dean. Thanks to everyone, you know, that gives a gives a share, gives a you know, the likes don't really do a lot, but a share and a retweet, they do. Cammy, how can people get us on the social media or how can they get in contact with us? So like I said, it's it's very hard to promote a podcast on social media. We're kind of relying on you guys to do it for us. And if you'd like to help us out and do that for us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Straight Talking Mental Health. You can find us on Twitter at STRA Talking Pod, or you can drop us an email and get in touch with us at hello at stmhpodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a story, feel free to share it with us and maybe we can get you on to talk a little bit more in detail about it. As Cody did last week and as have so many guests done with us that they come on, they listen, they're like, oh my God, you know. That, that something really resonated. Here's my story. Great. Come on. Let, let's inform other people around this, around this topic. And that, that's how the show moves. Mm. It's other people telling their stories. We're just facilitating them, giving them a platform to do it. That's it. That's it. Exactly. And it's always, you know, regardless of what we talk about, um, when you listen to someone tell their story genuinely and authentically, that resonates with people. Of course. Yeah. Presume you've just been working away, doing anything else. What else have you been up to? You had an Amazon delivery yesterday, was it? I did. Yeah. Although I got I got a new stereo for my car, but it, it didn't come with a key to remove my old stereo. Yeah. <laughs> so the new stereo is currently sitting in the boot. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I need to, you know, buy you buy you something for your car. So I got your yeah. stereo. And I was like, I just didn't have the time. I was like, Oh yeah, look it up, let me know which one you want. I need this, mm. need that. Yeah, grand. And I thought it the, the keys came with the kit. And well you'd like, assume they would. And yeah. if not with the kit, then with the dashboard kit that you use since all well, maybe they don't come with the car, maybe, but yeah. obviously not. 
Hopefully you'll have get a, them anywhere. You'll have a new series. So still not done. So still have to run no. around Halfords for you today. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have to run up to you to get it. Yeah. <sighs> well, it'll be worth it. Yeah. I won't have to listen to the radio anymore. My first, my first cars, like the sound system was always so important. And the back, the parcel board on the back, you used to have to cut the holes out to put the, to put the speakers in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I had my first car was a Mazda 121, and this thing pumped. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't do anything else, but it did pump yeah, music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it did have <laughs> savage speakers. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't even drive most days you just sit in it and just listen to music yeah, instead yeah had a CD player no it's a, no, it probably had a tape player in it had to replace oh, it with a, with a CD player um, yeah so hopefully you get it sorted soon anyway mm. anything else going on with you no I no, just fall really no. I just had me gout me too take. yeah you've, you've you've got a lot more going on than I do <laughs> it's a little bit more exciting just being old yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, I no, think arthritis been... is definitely in the family, so that, that may be coming your way. Inherited Brilliant. family fucking bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I think your granddad no, has a... it. Your, your Auntie Annie definitely has it. Anyway, I've seen her times and her fucking hands are massive from the, from the arthritis. Jesus Christ. So, uh, can't, can't wait for that. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> fantastic. Hopefully I get the other side of the family's lack of arthritis. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. No, it's been, it's been a boring week. Yeah. Well, outside of work, obviously there's been nothing mm. you gotta go off you? do stuff so we have stuff to talk about we need we need to start doing stuff <laughs> <laughs> maybe when our country opens back up again well it sort of is um, yeah it sort of is if you're vaccinated you got your one second more week one, you one second more one week next week you can go around licking everyone for sports you can be breeding on people i can start spitting in people's faces again it's yeah. not going to be a crime it's just going to be <laughs> disgusting <laughs> Might not get charged with bioterrorism and just be assault. Bioterrorism, yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> know, do, you remember, yeah. do you remember when COVID first started going around? That was the first thing that popped up. Mm. Like, okay, if you spit in someone's face now, you're a bioterrorist. Yeah. And you can get charged with it. Yeah. Crazy stuff altogether. I'm still living with <laughs> it. So. Hopefully we can all go around spitting in each other's faces in no time. It's, it's all I want. The world be a happier world. place when we can do that. Yeah. It's <laughs> all I want in the world is to be able to spit in someone's face again. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of that piece from The Life of Brian. Uh, oh, what I wouldn't give to be spat at in the face. Sometimes I lie awake and I just dreaming about being spat at in the face. <laughs> you have no idea what I'm on about, have you? Oh, I really don't. Monty I'd, Python, I'd imagine Life of, most, Life of Brian. most of the listeners uh, don't either. Yeah, oh, Life of Brian's a fantastic film, Monty Python. Um, oh, proper little jailer's pet. <laughs> older people will know what I'm talking about and they're like ha, 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 that's a good one Alan hopefully <laughs> <laughs> for those your, your that, long that don't know was there like no prob- probably not <laughs> for, for those that don't know me and Alan personally we tend to speak in references an awful lot so we come <laughs> yeah, on the exactly, podcast we yeah. kind of have to tone it down because nobody would understand what we're saying <laughs> usually some art or reference or something yeah. sunny in Philadelphia or something like that yeah or something we've just recently watched yeah, yeah yeah. have you watched anything recently I watched Black Widow what I thought it was good I thought it was I thought good it was, I enjoyed it it's yeah. a good film it's I've better seen the show The Suicide Squad I watched The Suicide Squad that's supposed to be great it's a bit fucking weird, like you know. It's well, it's all right. It's all right. I thought it was all right. James I, I, James Gunn pref- has gotten weird lately. Oh well, when the villain is a big starfish, like 
<laughs> you know, it's a bit fucking odd, but um, uh, what's his name is very good in it. John Cena, John Cena. He's he's very good in it. Really, I've never he's, heard he's of him good. being good in anything. Ah, no, he's good. Yeah, he's he's really good. He's actually a bit autistic. It's like he could very well be <laughs> very autistic <laughs> in, how, in his speech and all of that. Yeah, I, I thought Black Widow was good. I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was better than The Suicide Squad. From I've heard um, some ridiculous tales about Fast Nine, and I oh, I watched that. It. I watched that yeah, as well. I, I won't be watching it now. Oh, do you know we could go? Do you know we could go for for uh, sponsorship? Audien, because I'm still paying for my limitless card. <laughs> so you see, Audien, get, get back for, to us, please. Yeah, um, yeah, I've seen. So that's that's me double hit of John Cena because he's in. Uh, he's in yeah, Fast and Furious. So well. he's Don's oh, brother. So fucking it's. I actually, Ridiculous. there was a number of times in the cinema, I just burst out laughing about, oh, for fuck's sake. It's just absurd. Absolutely absurd. Yeah, but so I it's heard. Fast and Furious. You know, you know I, I think I put, up a, I put up a Facebook status just before going in, checked in at the cinema. I was like, brain and basic understanding of physics being turned off now. Because... <laughs> You're like, Jesus Christ, he's just been traveling 200 miles an hour in a fucking vest. He's after jumping out through the windscreen, rolling along the ground, and there's not a scratch. Seriously, yeah. like, not a broken bone. It's all because of family. Oh, family. Oh, I remember all yeah. them memes then. That oh, yeah. <laughs> and then there was memes about all the family memes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, it's a big it's a big popcorn film. It's... Uh, it, it is what it is. I liked Hobbs and Shaw. Did you watch Hobbs and Shaw? I, I really enjoyed I it. I loved Hobbs and Shaw. I thought that was very it's good. Be- it's better than most of the Fast movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought it was very good. They, they had good rapport. The mm. Rock and Jason Statham. And Idris Elba, Black Superman, as he mm. called himself in it. He's in The Suicide Squad. And he isn't Will Smith's character. I thought he was... Deadshot? Or Deadshot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's not. He's a, he's a totally different character. Oh. So like, who's right. Will Smith's character? Is he in it? Oh, he's not in it. Oh. Yeah, so I thought, oh, sir, they just got Idris Elba there to replace Will Smith, but they didn't. Did we just spoil it that Deadshot's not going to be in it? We might need to cut that out. No, because it shows on the... He's not on the posters or anything. Yeah, but he might be like a surprise guest. Yeah, well, spoiler alert. <laughs> <Not>. <laughs> Everyone knew, sir, everyone knows. It was announced that he wasn't returning for is that, is that a Is that a spoiler alert when you put it at the end of the spoiler? <laughs> I think it defeats the purpose of the alert. All right, look, well, we apologize in advance, but Will Smith is not in the Suicide Squad. <laughs> Spider alert. Did you did you fuck off and get a lot of smiles this week? Well, my, my smile is that I'm getting vaccinated next week. I got that text last night or yesterday evening that cheered me up. I can now eat in the place I work. That's, that's is, fucking mental, isn't it? Yeah, it's great, though. I can serve you. I can serve all you other people that are, you know, vaccinated. But yeah. I unfortunately cannot eat in here myself. I, I can't sit down and join you just yet. You can, yeah, just me. Yeah, I have to convince <laughs> the Ashling one to get to get it. The fear of needles is is strong in this one. Um, fear of needles is strong in this one. She as listens well, to the podcast, and I can't tell her to do it because if I tell her to do it, she definitely won't do it. She won't do it out of spite. <laughs> Get some listeners to tell her. Yeah. Tell her they'll, no, they'll then, shame then she'll, her. She'll just double down and really, really not get it. She'll in fact she'll go out and get COVID. <laughs> Put it up on the internet that she won't get her vaccine. She'll get a lot of death threats or something. <laughs> uh, no, that definitely won't work. You gotta you gotta leave her to it and, and hope she comes around. <laughs> hope she does it herself. Yeah, yeah. She's gonna kill me when she hears this back, like so. <laughs> Hopefully not though. She's I not very, the she's not very strong, so that's all right. <laughs> 
at least I have that going for me. But was like, on top of your gout. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> you get just get someone nagging you with a Northern Ireland Yorkshire accent. So. God, we're really shy talking today, aren't we? That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> so you're getting a second vaccine? The, vis- the Pfizer one, is it? That's the one. Yeah, sore arm, okay. imminent, I'd say. Oh, fuck, it was bad last time. Yeah. I could, well, it wasn't... It wasn't sore like normally, but if I tried to lift my arm, it just didn't happen. And I get up to, she had it and she, she literally had to, we'll say she got in the left arm, she literally had to use her right arm to lift her left arm up. Oh, mine wasn't quite that bad. I could lift it up to about like halfway, but then any any higher than that and it wasn't happening. No, we are after getting stabbed in the muscle. So. Yeah. And I couldn't relax my arm because I don't like needles, so it was just... <laughs> so it was tense up and she, yeah and she said to me she said um, the woman that gave me the vaccine she was like oh well if you can't relax your arm this is really going to hurt tomorrow she said do it get it over with <laughs> Fuck it. I don't want to be here I hope uh, I hope the guns don't break your needle there <laughs> just be careful yeah, I don't want any shrapnel going in your eye have you got gone? <laughs> it wasn't that I was afraid of needles I just like flexing constantly <laughs> Just uh, stick it in there. Yeah, just watch yourself. Just watch out. <laughs> we need another needle. We'll have to break it another one. <laughs> just get the spire from Dublin, love. Just straight in. <laughs> I don't know why you got that accent, but you do. <laughs> that's, that's your bro accent, I think. <laughs> well, my, my culture accent just goes out the window. <laughs> Proper bugger. So getting the vaccine, that's your, that's your mm. smile. That's my smile. Your smile. Is that your only smile? That's my only smile. You're supposed to be a smiley motherfucker today because you didn't have any last week. It balanced out from the two the previous week. So yeah, you're but then, to come correct yeah, with the smiles this week. Yeah, so I'm back to even. I had two smiles two weeks ago and no riles. <laughs> there, was a, there was a rile and no smiles last week. You don't need to break even, man. We're not fucking accountants. I'm breaking even. No, keep, keep it on a level playing field at all times. <laughs> Now who's fucking autistic? <laughs> That's fair <laughs> autistic. <laughs> everything in order, everything has to be precise. We need to keep maybe, it. Maybe that's hereditary as well. Oh, yeah. Well, On top of all the other it is. fucking shit yeah. you're giving me. <laughs> I'm autistic now as well, apparently. <laughs> well, I, was, I, I was 44. Seconds. Nah, I, think, I think you're all right. You're, <laughs> in, you're in no way as fucked up as I am, so you're all right. <laughs> try, to, try to break that generational curse. Stuff, <laughs> DNA stuff. I'll hold my hands up to that. Not like I can do about that, but the rest of it, I tried to. Mark obviously taught you a lot about generational trauma. Yeah, I've, I've tried to. I tried to keep the rest of it away. What was, what was <laughs> under my control anyway? But I can't do anything around around the genetic code, unfortunately. So apologies. No, apologies. Not, not yet. Maybe one day. Yeah, yeah. So if this is your first time listening, Cameron is my son. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like we announce it at the start of yeah, every exactly. episode. Yeah. So what about your royals? My Royals, I think I think my Royals is just going to carry on every week until the government kind of sort everything out. With the vaccine cert, COVID cert? Just with, just with everything at the minute. They're, it seems like every week they're making a worse decision. Yeah, that's an infuriating it's, experience. It's, it's kind of hard to get riled about anything else when you're just constantly riled about this one thing. Yeah. And then having to go into work and hear other people talk about how royal they are about <laughs> it's it's the circle of royal the circle <laughs> of royal <laughs> they can't do fuck all right yeah pretty much but no yeah. aside from that i'm good i think i think that's good 
stick with that. Yeah. There's nothing else getting under my skin. Not at the moment, anyway. Good stuff. You're not and what about you? Not an arty outlet like me. What's your first one? Smiles or Royals? Uh, we'll get the Royals out of the way. We'll, we'll finish the, on a strong note. Get the Royals out of the way. All right. So this is our second podcast to be recorded in what, four days, three days, four days. Yeah. Last week, we recorded on a bank called the Munda. And oh, here's the rain now. All right. Holy shit. Uh, we recorded on the bank called the Munda. Ordinarily, we record on a, on a Thursday, usually Thursday morning when we can sometimes, yeah. and I guess on a Thursday evening. Uh, and I had a guest lined up, which I thought would have been. Um, I'm not going to. I'm not going to even give them the courtesy of saying who they are or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> had a guest lined up, which would have been a really, really very interesting topic. Um, they couldn't do Thursday. I was like, well, this is this is you know this would be a, a great topic to cover. Uh, so we we'll push it to Monday. Monday in Ireland here. Being no, it was Friday called. first. Was it Friday? Yeah, we, it was Friday we had originally planned for. Um, no, I tried for Thursday. It wasn't available on Thursday. And then, oh, yeah, no, I, I suggested the Friday and no oh, answer. Oh, yeah, okay. and then no answer. And then I said the Monday, uh, Monday being the bank holiday. So I was like, look, I'll be under a bit of pressure. Episodes go out at midnight. Uh, so usually we record on Thursday, edit on Friday. It gives you three or four days to yeah, yeah, exactly. Get yeah. Ready. Uh, to get everything ready, it's processed, it's edited. Uh, other bits sometimes we record pieces out of sync and they have to be cut in and stuff like that. So I was like, right, I push it to Monday. It's a bank on the Monday. Under a bit, a little bit of pressure, but um, you know, it's, it's doable. It's, it's going to be a good topic. Now this person has a has a big following, big big following on social media. A reason given a. Uh, uh, a reason was given why they couldn't record Thursday to Sunday. And this person was silly enough to catch himself out in lies with their Instagram stories all week. So I was like, all right, this person is perhaps a little bit flaky and perhaps not to be relied upon. So I was like, I'll just, we'll just have a guest lined up just in case. So we had, we had Cody on as well. And I said to you, worst case scenario, we'll have to record two interviews on Monday, but that'll be grand because we'll be covered then for, for next week. So, you know, it would have worked out. Uh, person never came back, came back Monday going, Oh, I'm really sorry. Uh, or oh, what time are we looking at? I gave a time and no reply and continue to post quite frequently on social media and stuff like that. One thing that really pisses me off and it's a big royal for me. So because that got pushed to Monday, so we were two hours recording, and then I was another five hours editing and doing social media. So immediately so, after, yeah, straight after. So seven hours in a row for last week's podcast. That was my bank holiday gone. That, mm. that was that was my day off completely gone. I don't have a lot of free time, and it really fucking pisses me off when people waste the time that I do have. Um, so that really pissed me off to give up that amount of time. And just not have the courtesy to even come back to someone like, you know, it's, I, I just think it's as, it's extremely unprofessional. Well, you know, one of the things we talk a lot of shit in the podcast, but we're professional. Mm. You know, there's, there's for, always... For the most part. For the most part, you know, you every Tuesday, uh, a couple of times Peter wasn't available when it was just the two of us. He knew he wanted a break. He was doing stuff with the family or whatever like that. Um, there was no podcast that week, but I've always held... It's a weekly podcast. We, we go out weekly. 
and, and we're very professional around that. And for guests, we're you know we're always recording on time, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's the standard I hold myself to, and that's the standard mm. I like to hold the podcast to. And you know, it's probably wrong on my behalf, but I, I expect the same in return. You know, you respect you respect people's time, mm-hmm. um, and so this person then gave their phone number. Said, "Oh, look, you know, your message your message can get lost. Here's my number." pop me a message and we can we can arrange it then as well did that and still no still no word back um and that was about recording today mm. so that really pissed me off my free time is very scarce and that person just thought oh well sure that's grand i'm not going to do it um i've, I've other things to be doing and i just think it's very disrespectful i think no you're you're absolutely right and it was it well, I'd imagine it would have been a good episode too. That would be a good topic, and I'll try and find someone else around the topic. Um, like I said, I'm not even going to give them to, the, you know, when you just tell lies, and then you're like, mm. you're, you're fucking, it's on your Instagram story, you're just catching yourself out here. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you're that fucking stupid that you're going to catch yourself out in your own lie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Ashing has unfollowed her, Ashing put me onto her, I was like, oh Jesus, that'd be a great topic. And she's like, nah, that's just so disrespectful. I just, I, I, I can't abide by that. Um, mm. So seven hours of my bank holiday, which I was supposed to be used to be lash out my new PlayStation, huh? my PlayStation 5, <laughs> and it wasn't. Because no. seven hours of my day gone to facilitate that. But I was I was so glad we got Cody on. Yeah, Co- Cody was, was great. We had a lot to talk about. It was a heavy topic. It was what, probably one of our heavier ones. Yeah. Even the warning kind of at the... Yeah, I'll tell you what I became conscious of during the week was, uh, like, I hear this, I hear this stuff and worse, day in, day out, like, hmm. but I was kind of conscious of, you don't. No. You know, this is, this is a, a different experience for you mm-hmm. to, to be listening to this kind of stuff. Well, what is that like to hear? I know we didn't go into a lot of detail, but this, you know, the generality of the, of the topic. I'm not overly sensitive to that kind of stuff like it's kind yeah. of why most of my pieces are kind of on heavier topics it doesn't yeah, yeah. it's not that it doesn't affect me but it wouldn't have me kind of breaking down at night thinking about mm. so hearing it is it's not that it's new but it's um not really something that would affect me all that much yeah no fair play i actually had a couple of conversations with with a couple of different people uh and marie is and marie is a therapist that i know she listens mm. to the podcast she's a huge huge fan of the podcast and every week i see her in the office like, love that one. Oh, that was brilliant and um she was she spoke very highly of you of you know your maturity jesus another client said uh, a client said to me you'd never guess cameron was only 22 the, the maturity he has and Marie is like, Jesus, he's so good. He's very good. Um, so a lot of, lot of glowing references for you. Ashling was talking to Ashling last night. She listened to the podcast. She says, like, Cameron is, Cameron has just come along so far. You know, you can, he, he's relaxed into it now. He's getting a lot more comfortable. You could hear, obviously, at the start, not not something you're entirely comfortable with because you're thrown in the deep end here to host the podcast. Mm. But, you know, the, the feedback on from people that I speak to about yourself has been has been great. Well, that's good. I always like having my ego stroke. Yeah, absolutely, it, man. At least you got that from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was nice. Nice, nice, nice to hear that. Mm. And it was a heavy topic last weekend. You know, we are very grateful to, to Cody to come on and share her story. 
Absolutely. Uh, with, with such honesty. And, you know, we are thankful. And, and you know, I said it at the time, it's a, it's a privilege to, to do the job that I do, to hear, to hear people's stories. And it's a privilege to be able to give um, an avenue for people to tell their stories. Mm. And spread some information because, you know, she was she came on after listening to Chris Pender. She she learned stuff from from that episode, a couple of other guests as well. And the amount of guests that come on, like, oh, well, I was inspired to tell my story after listening to such and such tell their story. Mm. And that that's kind of the, the point of the show. That's it exactly. Is yeah. that we we tell other people's stories so other people want to tell theirs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're very very lucky in that. So that was me, Royal, and disrespect for people's time, and um, you know, really, it's just. I, I think I remember saying to Peter before of how, you know, we don't realize how our actions impact other people, and input isn't that interconnectedness. That you think, oh well, I'm just not going to do that. Well, actually, hang mm. on, two people have rearranged their lives to facilitate something for you there, and mm-hmm. to be just so disrespectful and not even go, okay, yeah. So I'm like, fuck that shit. I got someone else on the topic because it will be a good topic, but I'm not going to. I'm and we'll sure. find somebody on it. There's a lot of people around Absolutely. the area. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's me royal this week. Me smiles, a couple of small smiles. Uh, I got out for a game of golf last week. Oh, really? Yeah, my first game of golf in a year and a half due to me back and due to lockdown. The last time I was meant to get out for a game of golf was uh, during first lockdown, and then they announced that golf courses could open then couple of months afterwards the mm. weather had been splitting the trees i was due to play golf the next day and that's when we back went i was like for fuck almost sake. on cue yeah as i was, so i got out myself and brendan got out for a game of golf i actually played really well did you stay on the car no i didn't uh well i don't know because i i work by points and play off stable first you work by points but it was an oh. interesting it was an interesting um conversation myself and brendan had because I said it to Ashley beforehand. I was like, no, I'm just going out. I said, I'm just going out to see if my back holes out. I said it to Brenda. I was like, look, when my back goes, I'll just walk around with it. I'm going to have to catch up. I'm going to have the chance. So I went out. I was going to no pressure on myself. And next thing, I'm fucking pinging the ball down the fairway. One one hole was like 205 yards, par three. Hit a hybrid, and the fucking ball just took off and landed about four feet from the hole. I was like, Jesus Christ, like, so I was scoring really good points, but it was an interesting because Brendan said, he said, when I used to step away from playing soccer and I'd come back then after six months, you know, and they expect to be shit and they'd end up playing really well. It's interesting mm. when you don't put that pressure on yourself to perform and you're just relaxed and you go, ah, whatever happens, happens. Um, and I could have scored a lot more. My putting was terrible, um, but it was it was great. I was it was great to get out, and it's, and now I'm just like, oh, I want to get out again. <laughs> want to get no, out? No, no back issues while you were playing. No, so it held up. So I was like, I'll take that. I'm still, I'm always a bit stiff. I'm always a little bit discomfort, mm. but it was it was grand. So, so that was my smile and my other little smile. As I mentioned that thing, so we went to. Um, I have to give her, I have to give her credit for this. I did on Facebook already, but we went to the cinema. We went to see the Suicide Squad, and there's a little kind of arcade in the Cineplex or Omniplex up in up in Oma. You know, you got your arcade machines mm. and little basketball thing and all of that kind of thing. And there was a claw machine, and she just went over and she you know, said, "What are you doing?" She just walked off. So there was a Deadpool uh, soft toy. Mm. and she tried to get one and I was like oh, I'm not going to get that one I like, it's too close she didn't get it so I had a two pound coin threw it in four goals and there was one that was sitting on top I was like that's the best chance grab that one that's on top didn't get it every time so close 
so she came over again, she took out 50p. I was like, you know, I said, it's too fucking, the heads are too heavy, like the claws just going mm. to keep dropping it. She goes for the same one again, right, right at the edge, bang, picks it up, wins the fucking thing. She's like, no, what uh, was that you were saying? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, how emasculated am I like? Because we have this thing of when I'm up in Oma, she pays. And when she's down here, I pay. Okay. So, and so it always kind of balances out. So I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, she brings me out for fucking dinner in a movie and she wins me a cuddly tie. <laughs> I am the fucking total woman in this relationship. <laughs> <laughs> so I have, I have a Deadpool soft tie. Thanks to, thanks to Ashley just being a total badass. <laughs> and winning it for me after I was like no, you're not going to get that the head you the tried to mansplain it yeah oh, I totally like, yeah 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 because yeah, she was going for one that was right at the edge but apparently this is some this is some trick that you go for the one closest to where the hole is because even if it lifts it up halfway there's a good it chance might just it, drop it in. it's going to fall in anyway yeah. so she pulled a baller move she did it and um, she won me she won me my soft tie after taking <laughs> me out for dinner in a movie <laughs> Know your worth, men. You. Know your worth. If she's not willing to fucking treat you like a prince. <laughs> so that was that was me smile. Oh, what have we come to? That's that's me royal. <laughs> so this week on the Straight Talking Mental Health Podcast, we're going global again. We're we're like we're like Pitbull here, Mr. Worldwide. We had who do we have? Who do we have last week? We had an Irish one last week. We had Mark Willen, American the week before that. Uh we had Jane was American, we had Heather was Canadian. We had Lloyd, who was Welsh. We're, we're just we're blown up. Like we're, we're, I definitely feel like it should be in a pitbull video. Get the shave the head, get the sunglasses on. But this week we're back over to the states. Where whereabouts in the states are you, Ms. Ashley France Powell? I am in Maryland, about um, twenty minutes or so outside of the nation's capital. Okay. Yep. So you're 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 in the midst of it all over there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This week on the podcast, we are going to be talking to Ashley about a couple of different topics. Number one being the experience of black in America, the impact that that has just being black in America on your mental health. And we're also going to try and give a voice as much as possible to the often unheard side of being black in America, which is that of the black woman of which Ashley, you are one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Okay. First of all, Ashley, we know where you are. Could you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure. I am a new podcaster. I guess it would Mm. be new. I just started my podcast in February of this year. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. And I am, I guess, a, a lifelong learner. So I started this podcast and it's taught me so much and so I'm hoping to continue to keep learning more about what's going on in my community what's going on in my country Mm. uh, and to just sort of see what I can do about it Mm. Mm. we we also have a a special guest with you this week in your daughter yes she she is she is by your side you're you are a new mom you you became a a, a mom during lockdown Oh, let's see. Oh, there she is. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, for everyone that is that can see, obviously, oh, that is the cutest little baby. Cute yeah, so I apologize in advance for any weird noises you may hear. Oh, we love a bit of ambient noise. Don't worry yeah. about that. It makes a change. We normally have the bin men collecting outside when we're, when we're recording when the, the podcast, garbage so. men are normally collecting. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's good to have some better, cuter noises than grumpy old yeah. men. <laughs> and grumpy old Alan. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> what everyone is also hearing now is Peter. Peter has jumped on. We've had some storms in Ireland, thunder and stuff like that. 
Cameron is without power. He was planning to jump on anyway for the interview, um, and which is good because he has, because Cameron has no internet and no electricity. Oh, he is living goodness. down in the wilds of County Leash. I, I think it's so, nothing got to do with weather. It's just the fact that he lives leash. in Port Arlington. To be honest with you. So you mentioned you are a, you're a relatively new podcaster, Ashley. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that podcast? Sure. So it's called the Hands Up, Don't Shoot podcast. And I tell the stories of the lies, or rather the lives and deaths sometimes of black people to police brutality in the United States. Um, I can tell you a little about how I got started with it. So Mm -hmm. again, like I mentioned before, I was pregnant during the pandemic. And at the same time, a lot of stuff in Washington, D.C. was going on. So the protest thing and the um, politics of it all. And my so this best is at friend the, at the height of the Black Lives Matter after yes. George Floyd, et cetera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so my best friend was actually participating in the protests and he was one of the people that got pepper sprayed and, um, and sort of for lack of a better word, attacked by the police force in Washington, DC at that time, even though mm. they were peacefully protesting and I, I made him call me every single day. I was like, I need to know you're all right. I need to know you're still with us. And I need you to be careful. You know, I just want you to make to make sure that you're okay. Mm-hmm. And I sort of felt bad because I, I did want to be with him. But I, one, there's a pandemic. And mm. two, I'm pregnant. There's no way mm. in hell I need to be amongst all those people. And so podcast was something I'd been talking about for a while. I didn't really know what I wanted to talk about. And I figured maybe this is something that I can do to just spread the word about what's going on and why people are protesting. Um, They're just not protesting for nothing. There is something Mm. going on and there is a reason behind it. So I started doing research to see how many people were killed by police, like just kind of getting numbers and, and seeing if it was a big problem. And mm. I literally found a list that had hundreds of names of people of color that were victims of police brutality. And so they, some of them were not killed. They may have been b- badly injured, but the vast majority of them were killed by police. Um, and I was like, this is astonishing. So this is my podcast. This is what I'm going to do because, mm. you know, we hear the stories. I don't know how much you guys get on our, uh, about our um, stories. You probably get a bit more than you do. Really? Actually, truth <laughs> I know the U.S. media is fairly biased. Um, yeah. So we, we, we probably get a bit more than you, but for our listeners around the rest of the world. You know, that they may not be aware of. Once I, I found this information, I knew this is what I need to do. And I just got started. I did want to focus on those who were not too known in the media. Mm. Um, because, you know, we have like our George Floyds and our Breonna Taylors. And, and I wanted to see how many people outside of that there were. And there were so many. And you mm. just realize how much coverage we don't get. Um, 
And so that's kind of the the backstory of how I started. So the, so the people that perhaps don't become a hashtag or don't, mm-hmm. you know, get some sort of celebrity or some rapper mentioning right. them in the song. You know, this this is the everyday person that goes perhaps under the radar. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Ashley, have you ever experienced police brutality or, or seen it firsthand yourself? I've never experienced any like physical brutality or anything like that. But um, I have experienced, I guess, prejudice. So mm. even just being in a store, um, I've been followed around because mm. I guess they, they think I'm stealing. And a couple times it, it's taken me a while to realize that. But then, you know, every time I look up, there's a security guard five feet away from me. It is it's disheartening. It's embarrassing um, mm. because I... I mean, they don't know me, but I'm not there to steal anything. But I guess based on what I look like and maybe based on past guests, mm-hmm. they have been thieves. And and so it does hurt to to sort of be the person that gets followed around in a store, mm-hmm. um, even in maybe like a higher end shop. If I'm going there with the purpose to purchase something for myself and maybe I get like a sideways look like, why are you here? Can you mm-hmm. afford anything in here yeah from a mental health perspective does that ever lead to some anxiety about going to places actually it does um i do get so i i do already suffer from anxiety and then the worst part and people probably don't even think about this irregular person going into a store and them not having what you want so you just walk out where as i go into the store they don't have what i need and then I'm like, I'm walking out empty handed. I'm like, maybe they thought I stole something. Yeah. Should I just buy something? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I always, I, that's always in the back of my head. Like, mm. I feel bad. Like, I feel like I have to buy something to prove that yeah, I didn't yeah. steal. Mm, well, you know, as I said, they're, they're the little things, but it's, I suppose it's indicative of the undercurrent of racism mm. in mm. the States. You know, we've got, we've got your blatant right. racism. But that's that undercurrent of it that's just there every day. Exactly. Yeah. The the thing that struck me as you were talking about your your friend actually of you know oh just just let us know you're still with us. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's an unfathomable thing to say over here if people are going to march. Yeah. You know, well, for one, the police aren't armed over here, but that you know you could get killed mm-hmm. going to a protest. Right. Or, or, you know, the other thing of, you know, walking while black. Yeah. Just these things that need to be factored in. It's, it's, I don't know. It's just hard to wrap your head around. I I don't know, P. I don't know what what you think about that, but Mm. the fact of having to say something like that, it's, it's, it's even little things like, I mean, as a woman, I, I don't get it too much, but, um, for example, my, my dad, he's a tall, big, Black guy, um, nicest guy in the world. Mm. But you look at him and he looks intimidating. And so maybe walking past someone, a woman, and she may hold her purse a little tighter mm. or walking past a car and they may lock their doors. Mm. You know, just little microaggressions like that. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. you know, someone of another race may not experience. Can you tell us about uh, some of the guests you've had on your own podcast, actually, some of the voices that you have 
you have got out into the world for people and maybe some of the experiences that those people have spoken about? Yeah. So actually my first guest was, well, he still is. He's a local rapper in um, a city not too far from in Baltimore, not too far from where I am. And he's talked about um, hanging out in a neighborhood that was once considered a black neighborhood, but then has been sort of gentrified and and turned Mm -hmm. into uh, a white neighborhood. And he was hanging out with some friends at the club and they were standing outside and he said, police had come up to him and his group of friends to, I guess, maybe get them away or tell them to go home. Cause I think this was after the club had ended Mm. and he was like, okay, what, what did I do? Why am I, being singled out amongst all these people. Mm. And the police took that as him having kind of a, a smart mouth or mm. talking back. And he said he was tackled to the ground, um, charged with indecent exposure um, <laughs> and taken to the police station. So I don't know how it works over there, but over here, if you are arrested on like a Friday, you're not getting out until Monday. Because all the the courts are closed. Oh, okay. Um, And so he was expected to meet his family the next day. And he wasn't allowed a phone call. So he couldn't um, get in contact with his family. And of course, they're worried, trying to figure out where he is. Um, And I think they did end up dropping the charge. But that was kind of an experience that he had. Do you think it, it, that was just a case of we'll teach you a lesson? Yeah. If you question our authority, okay, we're going to lock you up. We're going to keep you there for the weekend. Yeah. And then they don't press charges. Yeah. That's punishment within itself almost, you know. Mm. Mm. I, that's very difficult to deal with, you know, in a sense that, okay, you're a citizen. You have you, you have the right to ask questions, i.e. why am I being arrested or, you know, why are you, uh, you tell me to move on from here? And then... You know, you've got the cops who will say you're you're just in a smart mood, and whatever I do is going to be above the law, and uh, you can't do anything about it. You know, and that that leads to a lot of abuse of power. Beyond mm. that, if I if I say you do this, then the judge will believe me, and he won't believe you. It's as simple as. Which has to be detrimental for your mental health. You know, to live in that kind of environment when you're going back out on, you know, uh, as you say, if you're going to the shops or if you're going to the clubs or whatever, to know in the back of your mind that cops can pull up at any time and tell me I'm after doing something when I didn't do or they just want to pick on me and there's nothing I can do about it. That has to be absolutely horrific. Like, you know, in your opinion, Alan, and from your past clients, like what, what would that lead to? Well, I think, I think, I mean, in, in America, what it, it, it sows that uh, conflict between police and and black communities, mm-hmm. you know, to, it can't do anything else. If you're just walking and you're stopped, okay, right, and you're walking and okay, you're stopped, you're locked up. Well, what's what's going to be your attitude to police in mm-hmm. the future? You right. know, you're going to you're going to, you know, they are not going to be people you look favorably upon. And so, I mean, this is this is the issue that we have in the states that this is the conflict. Mm-hmm. Tensions are just rife the whole time and. As a black person, I mean, you're you're just far more likely to be shot. Yeah. That's just a statistical fact. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing to your point of like that, that tension being high and, and not sort of 
there's a distrust between the black community and the mm-hmm. police. You know, sometimes I'm I'm driving and I know my license is okay, my reg- my car registration's good, all the like everything's good, but if I see a cop behind me, I'm still nervous. You yeah. know, we we see cops we're supposed to say, you know, hey, I'm I'm good, I'm safe, there's a cop in my yeah. vicinity. They're going to serve But right you know, I'm nervous. I don't know. Maybe they may try to pull me over because I didn't use a, t- a turn signal at some time. And then that could turn into me losing my life. Mm. And it's yeah. little things like that, that you think about every day and, mm. and hoping that you make it home safely. Again, just it's, it's there in the language, hoping that you make it home safely. Mm-hmm. You know, P, when, when was the last time you had a thought like that? when was the last time you were driving and go I hope I make it home safely and the police don't stop me for something and yeah, yeah. shoot me and these are supposed to be supposed to be the guardians supposed to be the people that are, are protecting you from wrong you know and not uh, not the other way around um, I always got the impression that uh, I've been been in the States three times New York twice been in Vegas as well and I always find cops over there very intimidating do you find that mm. out like we're yeah, we're just trying to compare here, Ashley, from you know the cops or the Gardaí as we call them in Ireland, and uh, which are I always find very approachable, generally very decent people. But mm. when I've been over in the states, the cops are very intimidating. Their body language, you know how they walk, how they mm. talk to people, it's very it's very authoritative. It's very yeah. do as I say right now, or there's going to be trouble. Mm-hmm. We don't get that here. But, you know, if somebody's kind of thrown that at you, your first reaction is to kind of, maybe it's just me, is to rebel a little bit, you know, and go, mm-hmm. well, you're not going to tell me what to do, you know. It's almost like they're looking for, for trouble or looking yeah. for for yeah. someone to, to yeah. act out of line, not necessarily just, you know, making sure that everyone's okay. They they want to find somebody to... yeah. Yeah. Do you, uh, is that uh, a culture do you think Ashley over in uh, in the US within the, the police force is there a culture of um, you know racism um, I, I really think it depends on where you are in the country um, where I am and I, I think it is because of my proximity to Washington DC mm. there isn't a huge amount of, of racism that I, at least that I've, I've noticed. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I have gotten pulled over for, you know what? I can't even tell you. I don't know why he pulled me over. It's cause I, <laughs> I was looking for a store that I thought was, was 24 hours and it mm. was in a parking lot. It was like, I don't know, two o'clock in the morning. Um, and I learned later that it was, I guess, a known drug trading area. Okay. I didn't know. Um, and so I, I pulled out and he pulled me over. He's like, oh, I thought your license was different. But I think he saw the car that I, I this was a few, like a while ago, I had this old beat up car. <laughs> <laughs> um, he saw the car that I was driving and I think he saw what I looked like and yeah. pulled me over. <laughs> Mm. Um, but that's that's sort of what I've experienced here in this area. 
But I think once you go out to more rural areas in the country where you don't find as many Black people, if any, then that's when it becomes sort of an issue. Um, They have this thing, I don't know if you guys heard of it, called uh, Sundown Towns. And it's basically unspoken rules in different small towns all over the country that if you are a person of color, you need to be out of that town before sundown or you're in trouble. No way. Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. And what kind of areas are you talking about, Ashley? Is it like, you know, we always we always imagine the, the southern states to be very redneck. You know, is it that kind of um, area or is it is this across the states? Yeah, so there are a lot of um, southern states that mm. would probably have their cities on on that list. I don't I don't think cities. there's like an official list anywhere, but it's kind of like those, like I said, unwritten rules. Mm. And, and okay. you can tell when you're there. Um, of course, Google helps. <laughs> Um, so you have to Google the kind of safety of these places. Yeah. Or is this a place to go or is this place safe? Right. Um, and I, Jesus. I hate to say it, but I try to stick away from or stay away from smaller towns when traveling. Okay. Um, I like to know where I'm going before I get there. I do look up the place, look at demographic information. Um just to make sure that I'll be okay. And I I actually went to college in a Southern state. And I, I don't know if you guys know about this flag controversy. There's the Confederate flag and Confederate flag or a regular flag. And so there was a, a lot of that where I went to school. Um, and, you know, people call it pride or what have you, but. Mm. We call it racism. At the end of the day, we all know what it means. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think? What do you think kind of drives racism in the United States? Actually, is it is it something that's passed down from family to family, or is it societal? Is it the media? You know, in your opinion, what do you think drives racism? Um, I think it is something that is passed down and something that is taught. Mm. Um, you know, no child is born hating absolutely yeah. another race or another type of person. Yeah. And so a lot of it, I think, is ignorance. And having your child learn these things because that's what you know yeah. and that's what you want them to know <gasps> is hurtful. And so mm. I, I've noticed this trend of the young generation now sort of breaking away from that and starting to learn on their own about what's what's going on and mm. why racism is wrong and they're calling their parents and their grandparents out mm. do, do you think there is a, a societal shift at the moment then Ashley? i mean it's hard to imagine after all this time that it is going to stop being a racist country you say these these people that cling perhaps to a confederate flag or whatever it may be as you say we know what it means you know it's 
it's never going to be eradicated or do you think it is i mean is this in generations to come when you go oh god and then there was a time when if you were black you, you couldn't walk down the street mm. i mean do you, do you envision days like that um not anytime soon you're, are you you're saying do i envision that day no yeah. not anytime soon no <laughs> no definitely won't be your daughter's life no I don't see it. And, you know, this is conversations that I would have to have with my children, where as white people wouldn't have to have conversations with their children. Like, you know, if you're ever pulled over, be respectful, follow the directions, don't talk out of hand, you know, just to make sure that they're walking out unscathed. And my, my daughter, she's 10 months and then I have another four year old. And, you know, like I, like we said, it I don't see that happening anytime soon. So I, I see myself having those conversations yeah. with them. From your own podcast, you, you mentioned one of the guests you had on there, Ashley, from from your own guests that you've had on. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what's been one of the standout moments from from the guests that, that, that you've spoken to? Some of the stories that have kind of really resonated with you. Um, so I recently had a woman on. She's a doctor and she does sort of... Um, anti-bias training and she said that she no longer does training for police um and she said that's because they are sort of stuck in their ways and they will say hey i took this training write it down on a piece of paper but they won't do anything to change just sign me off kind of thing yeah, I'm just, here, I've done my four or five hours. Mm-hmm. Sign mm-hmm. me off. And I, and I thought that was interesting that she, you know, that's her livelihood. And she purposely chooses not to work with police who mm. are probably the ones who could use it the most. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You mentioned anxiety earlier, Ashley. How do you, how do you look after your anxiety? So for, for a while I was, um, taking anxiety medication and I was seeing a therapist for a while and I, I did stop and I know it's something that I, I would definitely want to get back into doing, but that was sort of how I manage things. I'm a worrier <laughs> and it'll be little things like, and it'll keep me up. I won't be able to sleep. I'll be in the bed like, okay, my daughter has I don't know, 18 diapers. How long will that last us mm, Yeah. before it's time to get some more? Or she has, I'll look in the formula container and say, okay, this can make this many bottles. Um, and I know that I have to stop overthinking things um, and try not to think about the worst that could happen. Mm. Uh, and so it definitely takes hard work and purposely making those decisions not to worry um because i I had before i started medication i had this really um bad i guess to me there was a stigma on being medicated i didn't want to be that person that needed medication Mm. and so i took it it helped but then i that is something that i did not want to depend my or be dependent on Um, and that's when I decided, okay, Ashley, you need to learn to deal with this on your own. It it is possible and 
just figure out the steps that you need to take to worry less. Outside of the anxiety, Ashley, has there been other mental health issues that that, that you yourself have have faced? Um, depression. Uh, there was, and I had never thought that I would get to this point. There was a period about a, of about a month or so, um, and then there was one day in particular where I considered suicide. Um, I think there was just so much in life coming at me at once and all of it Mm. was bad. And there was one day I was sitting in my daughter's room and I just kind of zoned out. I didn't really know what was going on around me. She was playing. Disassociated a little bit, Ashley, was it? Say that again? Disassociated a little bit. Yes. Just kind of, yeah. Yeah. And I, I just wasn't there. And I had always thought that suicide was sort of the, um, what's the word, selfish. And Mm. so what I did, I got up, I was about to grab my keys. I was like, okay, if I get in the car and drive in the middle of the road, it won't be me killing myself. It'll be someone else doing it. Um, And I don't know what... (laughs) what I was thinking, but I got up to out to walk up my, out of my daughter's room and walk to get my keys. And she said, mommy, don't leave me. And so I knew what she meant. Mm-hmm. You know, later on, she's like, Hey, you're with me in my room where, or I'm playing. Don't leave me from my room. But then at that moment, sorry. <laughs> I I took it as she's saying, I'm here. I'm in this world and you need to stay with me. So please don't leave me. And that um, that sort of snapped me back into reality. And that's when I knew, okay, you really need to get some help because there's no way you should be feeling like this. And then that's sort of what started me on the the medication journey and learning how to deal with depression and the anxiety. Mm. Even now, Ashley, uh, you know, as I see a tear roll down your face, it's, it's still bringing up that emotion for you. Yeah. Yeah. Still. (laughs) And this was uh, about three years ago or so. Do you think, uh, or do you know, was it postnatal depression or was it a combination of other things? Your daughter would have been quite young at that age. So, I I honestly think it's um, a combination of sort of genetics and birth control. <laughs> mm. I was I was actually really nervous about um, that post pregnancy depression. I was very very nervous that that was something I would suffer from, mm. um, and I didn't. And I noticed that when I had stopped taking birth control, my mood got better. And so, of course, right after having both of my daughters, I had stopped for a while. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I feel better. This has to be it. But then I also Mm. don't want to get pregnant. So (laughs) there's that, like, what do I do? Mm. So you you, you found that, you know, for you, that kind of the right correlation between, uh, we'll say, the pill and your mental health. 
Mm-hmm. the impact that the birth control had on, on your mental health yeah, as definitely. a result of that medication. Is that something you've come across before, Alan? No, it's not, it's not something I've um, heard personally. I had a client um, recently and I, you know, any clients that say, do you think I should come off my medication? Absolutely not. Talk to your doctor. Um, but I've had a couple of clients that I've had to say to them, They'll come in to me and they will say, well, you know, is that the doctor? He changed my medication. Okay. And and as we go along, you know, obviously their doctor's seen them every six weeks, eight weeks, mm-hmm. six months. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm seeing them every week. And, you know, I've, I've, I've said to a couple of clients have gone, your mood seems to have gotten worse since mm-hmm. they changed the meds. You know, do you think there may be a correlation? You know, yeah. if you spoke to your doctor... And I had one client who was, you know, almost suicidal after his anxiety medication was changed. I said, look, you need to, you need to speak to your doctor. This has definitely gotten more sense of change your meds. Spoke to his doctor. Okay, let's change that. Mood changed. Client during the week, he had been, we had been talking about lack of motivation, unable to drag himself out of the bed, had absolutely zero energy, no interest in anything. And he just said, uh, as he was in yesterday, he goes, I've, I've just stopped. I've just stopped taking the meds. And I said, well, how are you feeling? He goes, oh, I'm feeling really well. Oh. You know, I've way more energy. I've no problem getting out of bed in the morning. Mm. I'm training again. I'm back enjoying music. So, you know, you're you're bringing chemicals into your body. Mm. <laughs> right. And it is going to affect your own chemicals. Of course. Mm-hmm. So to, to give the warning, don't come off your meds. <laughs> talk to your doctor. Mm. Talk to Talk to your medical professional regarding medication. But do know that if one medication isn't working, there is options. Mm. They may not, they just may not. I mean, for your likes of depression or anything like that, you know, where you're talking about your serotonin levels, we can't test that. I think the only way of testing that is like spinal fluid drainage or something like that. So whenever doctors are prescribing medication, it's it's at best an educated guess. You know, they don't actually know what your levels are. So that's why for a lot of people, and you'll hear them talk about it, oh, my life was hell until we found the right balance. Mm-hmm. Un- until we got the right balance with the medication. Mm. Now I'm great. Now I'm flying along. But Jesus, that, that period of, you know, trying to get it right, that was that was hell for me. Mm. So, you know, again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not here to prescribe anything. But for people that have noticed well, maybe this medication isn't working. There is other medications out there mm. yeah. that, that may need to be required. It, it did take change. me some time to, to find the right one. Um, I think I went through, I think the third one was the one that worked for me. So oh. there's that trial and error period, yeah. which lasted months because they said it, it could take, a few weeks for it to start working. Yeah, they normally kind of give, oh, we give it six weeks, we give it eight weeks, see how it goes. Need, you need that kind of time for it to get into your system. Mm. Yeah. Six, eight weeks when you're feeling like that is a long, long time. time. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> a long time. Yeah. How are you feeling now, Ashley? I feel okay. I am definitely better than I was. Um, again, I, I did stop taking the medication. Uh and it was maybe about halfway through my pregnancy. So the my doctor had suggested that I take half. If I if I really needed it to keep taking it, but take half a pill a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I used that to sort of wean myself off. Um, 
they said if you stop you know cold turkey it could be bad yeah. and I, I didn't want to yeah, try that that can be really bad yes. that, that can hit you like a freight train at mm-hmm. times yeah mm. so i i stopped and this was about a year uh, about a year and some months ago so i feel better than i did um and i think it it might be my children that that sort of give me that that joy you know of course they they annoy you and melt your head at the best yep. of times as well. <laughs> you can say it, Ashley. We're parents. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, of course well, they, they annoy you like and you want to to you know kick them out sometimes. But yeah. I think <laughs> that's sort of that pure love right there, and that helps me. Mm. What well, what has parenting been like? As you said, you were you were pregnant during the pandemic. You're working from home. You've got your daughter. I mean, what what has that experience been like for you? I'm going to be honest. I actually really like the fact that I could work from home and not interact with too many people. Mm. Um, I am, I guess I would consider myself an introvert. So it didn't affect me until maybe February or so of this year. I I know a lot of people were just kind of craving that people attention Mm. and being around people Mm. and I'm like no I love this it it has been a a little bit difficult trying to work and sort of have a infant with me Mm. um you know my husband he goes into work so he doesn't have to see what I deal with all day and then Mm. um just trying to find that balance. And my company is very, very supportive. My boss is very, very supportive. So I am really lucky that I do have that support system. So with my family and my job, um, I was able to take about two months off and still get paid, which is very rare here. Um, Mm, We don't have any sort of like, official paid leave yeah when you have a child you either well, what is it here p is it three months three months maternity leave uh paternity is it uh no, maternity. Oh, maternity. maternity is three months um, is it? six months six is it six months, months yeah, yeah yeah and then mm-hmm. after that you take i don't know you can build up holidays or you can take on paid mm-hmm. leave that, but no i think it's mm-hmm. six months pretty short isn't it yeah, you I'm should know, Alan. Shocked. You've got twenty kids. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> fuck off! <laughs> I've always been. I've been always been. Just my mind has boggled at at the maternity leave in the states. Yeah, of how non-existent or it was like lack thereof. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, the women are expected to go sort of right back into work. You know, we get this mm. twelve weeks of. Typically unpaid leave. I was just going to say, yeah, you're not paid. And then, you know, you're at the end of the day, you're hoping that your job is still there when you come back. Because maybe they decided, okay, we really need somebody in this role, so we're going to have to replace her. Mm. But um, like I said, I've been really, really lucky with my job. So I was able to take off for two months and still be paid. Um, I mean, two months is not a lot. Mm-hmm. of time but i mean the fact that i was able to get that time and then be able to be welcomed back with open arms 
Mm. Well, um, just wondering, actually, you know, within the black community, is mental health something that is spoken about openly and honestly, or is there still a stigma around mental health? In the black community, mental health and actually speaking out about it is, I think, fairly new. Um, a lot of the generations before us, it it was almost non-existent. Mental health and depression and anxiety, it just didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, according to our grandparents, sometimes parents, and same this, here, <laughs> yeah. And the Same solution Ireland, would yeah. be yeah. to just a pray. Very Irish mentality, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just just pray, and all your problems right. will be solved. Mm. But prayer is not something that is going to solve all your problems. You have to go. It's a it's a mental thing. It's brain chemistry, and prayer is not going to fix that. <laughs> no, it can help, mm. but not going to mm. fix it. You know, depending on your faith, yeah. obviously. Mm. Um, but do you, do you think it's getting better, Ashley? Definitely, definitely. Now that people are are more comfortable with speaking out about it and speaking mm. up and going to see therapists, I think it is getting a lot better. Um, mm. And and people are understanding that this is more than just sort of a little thing that we can fix with a prayer. Ashley Franz Howell. Thank you so much for coming on the Straight Talk and Mental Health podcast. You are the podcast hope, uh, the podcast host and hope, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> of the Hands Up, Don't Shoot podcast. For people to check that out, Ashley, can you tell people where they can do so? Sure. I am on all, pretty much all the streaming podcast platforms, all of my social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can just search for Hudspod, H-U-D-S-P-O-D, and give me a follow and a listen. Thank you for giving a voice to something that needs to be covered as well, Ashley. Mm-hmm. Something we're happy to share, you know, as, as two Irish guys, I think as, as two former rappers, I know certainly for myself, you know, we grew up, you know, we, I heard the black experience from the 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear about the Black Panthers, you hear about, you know, being shot, you hear about, as you say, all of the, the hashtags, right. you know, before mm-hmm. there was hashtags, there was rappers making songs about, uh, you know, various people that have been shot, police brutality, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's certainly, it's been a huge interest of mine through music. And I think that's that's the beauty of music for myself, that it, it does have the opportunity to, to educate um and to be able to to hear that and to hear the experience of a black woman in america around mental health black lives matter it's more than just a hashtag our huge thank you to ashley france howell for coming on and sharing her experience of just being black in america and the impact that that alone has on her mental health and a massive thank you to ashley as well for sharing her experience around her own mental health and being so open of her experience of near suicide i don't know about you folks but i'm still a little bit reeling after hearing about sundown towns it's it's kind of bizarre to think that this still goes on in the so-called land of the free if you'd like to get in touch with us if you'd like to reach out tell your story on the podcast as ashley did with us you can do so. You can check us out on all the social media. You can get us on Twitter, S-T-R-A Talking Pod. 
you know what to do by now, folks. Hit a retweet. You know how to get us on Instagram. You know how to get us on Facebook. Straight Talking Mental Health Podcast. If you want to get us on the website, it's STMH Talking Podcast. In there, you can click on a post for each and every episode. That gives you the capacity to comment on each individual episode, and we can get back to you. We can respond to those comments. We'll read them out on the podcast as we're so glad to hear from all of you around your correspondence and your feedback for us around that. A huge shout out to Mr. Fiona O'Brien, FOB Beats, for the music that you hear at the start and the music you're going to hear at the end. Hot producer, you know what to do, folks. We plug him every week. You know what to do. Get onto him. Get in while, while you can because his rocket has taken off. You want to be attached to that if you've got the music, if you got the skills, if you need a beat, he's the man to go to. We're going to leave the last word with Ashley. She's going to share her words of wisdom, something she's taken from this life. But in the meantime, folks, look after yourselves and look after each other. One of the things we we ask every guest to do is we invite them to give us some words of inspiration, some life lessons learned, some mottos, something that they have taken from life so far that they would share with the rest of the people around the world we'll we'll show that open to you today to maybe share some words of wisdom from yourself or something you've you've taken away from life so far (laughs) i like that Mm. i i think that there is always someone out there that wants to make sure that you're okay or there's someone out there who loves you no matter i feel like no matter what you're going through or you're somebody's reason to be here. And I think taking that into consideration when you're having a bad day, you're like, okay, I matter to someone. And hopefully that will lift spirits a little bit. I was just struck there, Ashley, that if your daughter didn't say that to you, we may not be having a conversation. Mm-hmm. Saved your life. Mm. And I know as two strangers in Ireland that don't know you, I, I can certainly speak to, I'm glad you're still here. Thank you so much. Mental health. Mental health. Mental health.